Hey, I want to make sure that you are aware that cityharborchurch.com has a lot that's available to you. We're posting stuff regularly through social media as well, of course, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. But at cityharborchurch.com, you can see the reading that we're doing on a regular basis and daily comments from me that are still posting every day with that day's suggested reading and a few comments as well. But also a calendar of events where you can see our in-person gathering and our virtual stuff. You can see details on how to connect with us in a variety of ways. What's also helpful is our weekly email newsletter. Make sure that you're getting that so that you can be up to date. It's one way uh, Anna has uh, worked so hard to help spotlight different people over the last number of months so we can learn more about each other, get to know each other better. Um, but also you can be updated on the different activities, the things that the church is doing. So please, there's a link for where you can subscribe to that in the description of this video. And you can uh, find it on our website as well. All right, so uh, allow me to pray and let's turn our attention to the, the words of Jesus today. God, I thank you that you haven't asked us to go through life on our own, uh, just trying to figure things out. But Lord, you give us teaching and instruction that's helpful for life in our spirits. It's helpful for us to uh, walk with you with, with peace and with joy. Uh, Lord, and I thank you that today we can have a look at the teaching of Jesus that is helpful for us in having relationship with you and conversation with you. So help us to, to hear your teaching and to understand it. Help us to know what we should do with it. I thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So we are looking at uh, the topic of prayer, which is a conversation with God, close personal interaction with God, in relationship moments with God. Why? Well, the followers of Jesus noticed that the way Jesus prayed was different and was interesting. It was, they, they wanted to learn about it and they asked him uh, for guidance. And um, he said, pray like this. And he says in Matthew 6, 6, basically, have some frequent, private, personal prayer time with God. And in verse 8, don't repeat words that are meaningless to you, thinking that the repeated activity will get you what you want. But pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So this is a power tool, um, a, a, a template for prayer, a way in which that you can pray that helps you, that helps you um, <clears throat> enjoy the relationship moments with God, get something out of it, for, helps it be meaningful to you in a way that if we just are only doing it out of our own creation, out of our own thoughts, that is not as good, is not as helpful. It needs to be a, a conversation with God where you are able to say <clears throat> what's on your heart, what's on your mind. But if we start with whatever it is that we're thinking, whatever it is that we're feeling, it could limit our prayer conversation with God. And so Jesus, who knows human beings, who knows kind of what we're like, who experienced human life, he gives us this pattern for prayer that's really helpful. And where we're at today, as we've been over the last number of messages, posting every other week, is at forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, I know that this is a tough subject, 
and it might be one that you don't really want to talk about, but I want to tell you that there is a powerful principle, a genius, a miracle life-giving power in this simple part of the prayer that Jesus gives us. And that it could be one of the most life-giving, changing, positive things in your life. And if you learn it and you exercise it in comparison to holding on to resentment, it could literally help you live a longer, more peace-filled life. Now, Jesus, this is a part of the message that Jesus was teaching them on a regular basis. And I'm going to quote a number of things. You're going to see the scripture references on the post on our website, cityharborchurch.com slash messages or on the screen in this video. Jesus' message that he spoke frequently was, your sins are forgiven. And he posed the question, what is a greater miracle? To, to, to forgive someone's sins or to heal a person who couldn't walk. Jesus knew that for us to be forgiven was a miracle. It was a powerful miracle. And we see a summary of that in Romans chapter 3. For everyone is sin, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. We're in right standing. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Now let's just talk a little bit about what some of these words mean. Sin uh, essentially means missing the mark. It's the moral consequence of making a mistake, of being out of order, of having my thoughts, my emotions, my motives, or my actions, my words be out of alignment with a God of love, hope, peace, and joy. When I am not pure, when I am uh, walking and talking in toxic selfishness, causing injury to other people, putting myself above the rest of the world, me first, like a like a two year old you know, with angst against a, a sibling trying to get the toy. Right, I'm missing the mark of the perfect love of God. That's that's sin, and what happens as a result of that is a break, a brokenness, and a breaking in our relationship with other people and our relationship with God. And that's really different from the way that God brings us back into right standing relationship, cleansing and purity and new spiritual life. Where am I getting this? Well, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says this, If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, this is in the context of Jesus as Savior. That word forgive there means to remove the guilt from wrongdoing. Restore the relationship to give up resentment to grant relief from payment or restitution. God's forgiveness is a commitment from God to pardon graciously those who repent and believe so that they are reconciled to him. That's what God's purpose is. We want to remove our guilt and restore a relationship. That's what God is all about. You think about it. If um, I beat someone up, that is does damage to any possible relationship. If I steal money from someone, if I, if I have an affair, cheat on my, on my spouse, right? They're bringing brokenness and pain to the relationship. The relationship is not the same. It's not in right standing. And the reality is, is that all of us 
have made mistakes, have had toxic selfishness in one way, shape, or form that has brought damage to our potential relationship with God. And God, by sending Jesus Christ to pay the price for our sins, has made a way for us to be forgiven, washed clean, made whole, have our guilt removed, have shame removed, been given a a gift of a new spiritual heart, of new spiritual life. That's a part of what Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus was regularly calling people to confess where they've been wrong and forgive, receive this forgiveness from wrong, from, from God. And, and it, it's the element of a true apology. Here, here's what a true apology is. It's when I, I'm saying, hey, to, to the person that, that I did wrong against, right? This is what I did that was wrong. Fill in the blank. This is the harm it caused. That bad thing that I did, here's the damage it did to you, the damage it did to our relationship. This is what I did that was wrong. This is the harm it caused. I am sorry. I make a commitment to never do that again. Please forgive me. How can I make this right? That's a real apology. That's what, if I take the different scriptures, the different things about it that, that God gives us as principles of truth, that's what an apology looks like. This is what I did that was wrong. This is the harm that it caused. I'm sorry. I make a commitment to never do it again. Please forgive me. How can I make this right? So that's that's a, a real apology. And that's a part of what God is looking for from us and what God wants to happen between us and other people. Now, what we see a lot of times when Jesus talks about this stuff, he tells people to repent, sin no more. Don't keep making those mistakes. That's what Jesus says. To repent means a turnaround in actions and attitude. It's a change in behavior as a result of a complete change, a change in, in the way of thinking and a change in attitude and emotions, right? So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you this gift of new eternal life. Make a change. Turn around. And he gives us the opportunity to do that. And we see actually Jesus, we, we, we've seen in our reading this year, a bunch of times where Jesus says, hey, love and obey. John 15, right? Abide in my love, abide in my words, obey my words. Let's be in a right standing, loving relationship, a close personal relationship with each other. Maybe you're hearing this and it just sounds new and you've never understood that that's what following Jesus is about. That's what the words of scripture are about. And I want to read to you a simple prayer that you could pray for when you are for the first time making that confession Believing that Jesus can be Savior, asking for forgiveness, and making a commitment to live new with, with the help of God. Here's what the prayer might, might look like. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sins. Forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from my past and I turn to you. Thank you. So if you haven't ever prayed a prayer like that with those principles, those truths that Jesus taught. If you've never done that before, and now you're ready to receive this forgiveness, this kind of Lord's prayer, God, forgive me as I forgive, right? 
or maybe it's time to rededicate your life to the God, I want to pray this prayer with you and give you an opportunity to repeat it after me to help you in your walk with God. So if that's you, feel free to repeat this prayer after me and, and, and everyone else, why don't you be praying for the people who might be hearing this for the first time. Let's pray that prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sins. Forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hey, we are so happy for you if you're making that decision today. We would like to be able to send you a Bible, a purple book, offer to connect you with somebody that can walk you through some of the questions and answers and, and, and the next steps and following in this journey. We're all in this journey together. But in this prayer, what we notice here is it's the same word in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 that we saw Jesus is uh, that God is faithful to forgive us our sins. It's the same forgiven word that Jesus is using here when he's saying pray, Father forgive us as we forgive. Let's go a little bit deeper on this topic of forgiveness because I think it's really important. It's easy for us to not go deep in it and experience real freedom and peace because we don't understand what God means by it. So forgiveness is a commitment by the offended person, the person who's been hurt, to pardon graciously the repentant. Now that's the person who's making a change, making a commitment for change. It's a commitment by the offended to pardon graciously the repentant from moral liability and to be reconciled to that person although not all the consequences are necessarily eliminated. That comes from a good uh, book, Unpacking Forgiveness by Chris Bronze. It, so it's, it's kind of like this. I can make a decision that I'm going to hold on to the hurt uh, uh, in resentment, in anger, in, in I'm, I can't ever forget that person because we are trying to do it out of our own strength instead of asking God for his ability to walk the path of forgiveness. It's kind of like, me hoping that the person who hurt me will die and in hoping me drinking the poison, hoping that it causes them to die. That's, that's how smart resentment is. It's not very smart and it, and it doesn't work. Holding on to resentment doesn't work that way. What real forgiveness is like is it's kind of like the person who hurt me is in a jail cell serving their sentence for what they did that was wrong. And it's almost like I'm the one holding the key to their jail cell. I'm the one because I'm the one that was hurt. I'm the, I'm the one that has the right to see them punished. And I'm holding on to my right to see them punished. What forgiveness is like is forgiveness is like me letting go of the key to God. And saying, God, you are the only one who is God. You are the only one who has the right to determine what happens with that other person as it relates to the way that they wronged me. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of my right to see them punished. God, I'm giving it to you. And I'm asking God, would you please help me forgive that person? That's the principle here. That's the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about 
with this praying in your daily conversation with God. Father, forgive me as I forgive those who have wronged me. And that's that's the reconciliation, the relational reconciliation that Jesus is talking about is that apology that we just discussed. Hey, this is what I did that's wrong. This is the harm it caused you. I'm sorry. I make a commitment to never do it again. Please forgive me. How can I make it right? And all of this is within the context of I'm asking God for help. I'm asking God to change my thoughts, my emotions. I'm asking God to give me the strength to make a real life change. And if I'm the person that's wronged someone else. And it's also a matter of if I'm the person that's been offended, that's been wronged. I'm asking God for the power, the ability, the grace to forgive the other person. Not out of my own strength. Jesus cared about this subject a lot. He taught about it a lot. And I think it's actually in the top 10 of the most important things for us as Jesus followers to understand and to put into practice. We see the teaching of Jesus on this subject in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 35. And I'll just lift a little bit of it to help you know which way you should go to learn about it. Jesus says this, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Jesus doesn't leave any room for passive-aggressive posts on social media and gossip and, and all of that garbage. Jesus says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. That's what my heavenly father will do to you. Um, sorry. And then later on, Jesus also talks about the consequence if we refuse to forgive other people. He's saying, if you for, uh, refuse to forgive other people, that Father God will refuse to forgive you. Um, and so it's really important. Jesus sees this as an essential principle that should be a part of our regular relationship with God, our frequent conversation with God, not words that are prayed meaninglessly, but words that are prayed in a deep heartfelt, powerful, transformational relationship with God. God, forgive me. Forgive me for what I have done that is wrong as I forgive those who have wronged me. Being hurt in life, being done dirty, unfortunately, it happens. It happens in this life. But Jesus gave us really specific instruction with what we should be doing about it. I like from the book Unpacking Forgiveness in chapter 9, there's specific counsel about how. How do we go about um, the process of reconciliation, of making a path of restoration available? How does it work in the real world? And, and so that's chapter 9 in that book. I really think you should have a look at it. And um, also there's a book called The Peacemaker from Ken Sandy. And here's a couple of quotes from it that I think is helpful about the reconciliation process, making a way for restoration in a broken relationship. We're saying, I will not dwell on this incident in this forgiveness moment, right? I'm not, I will not dwell on this incident going forward. I will not bring up this incident again and use it against you. Talk to others about this incident. Let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. Why? Why would we do that? Well, by making and keeping these promises, you can tear down the walls that stand between you and your offender. You promise not to dwell on or brood over the problem or to punish uh, by holding the person at a distance. 
You clear the way for your relationship to develop unhindered by memories of past wrongs. This is exactly what God does for us. And it is what he calls us to do for others. This is what Jesus is talking about in giving us this instruction to pray this, to, to walk this out with God. God, forgive me as I forgive those who have offended me. It's essential. It's important. It's critical. It's not easy. And it's impossible if we try to do it out of our own strength. But if we truly receive the forgiveness that comes from God for our mistakes, then there's a prayer, then there's a hope, then there's a chance. Then we can get the spiritual strength in order to walk that out with others. But it's so important that Jesus put it in the daily prayer. My mom, Glenda Mullman, who is um, a, a teacher in Portland Bible College and an author, has written a number of books uh, that you can find. Actually, just recommended a new book that Rebecca and I are going to be checking out um, by uh, Lisa Turkhurst. And the title is Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Discover how to move on, make peace with painful memories, and create a life that's beautiful again. I'll just read that again. I think it's a great book title. My mom says it's an amazing book. Forgiving what you can't forget. Discover how to move on, make peace with painful memories, and create a life that's beautiful again. I think that's worth checking out. Now, what if the person doesn't say, okay, yeah, I was wrong and repent and walk through this path of restoration. Well, we, there's two things that we need to do in order to follow the counsel of Jesus. One is resolve that we're not going to take revenge. And then two is to proactively show love. You might remember Jesus saying, love God and love your neighbor. And then in that passage in Luke 10, 25 to 37, he flips the script with the question, who is my neighbor? Uh, to focus on helping others with this story set in a racialized setting. It's people that you may not like that we need to extend love to. Jesus said, Luke chapter 6, verse 27, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. So even if the person refuses to accept that they did wrong and apologize, Jesus says we should love enemies and do good to those who hate you. He continues in verse 32, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. Now clearly Peter who had a, a strong personality, learned something from Jesus. And he learned something from his interactions with Jesus also about God and how God viewed this subject and the way that God was extending forgiveness in a way that was clearly not human nature, clearly not like the way that we do. We see in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, uh, where Peter's writing about God's value system uh, with what he learned from Jesus directly. He said, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. God desires that everyone would, would recognize where they've been wrong, the damage that it's caused, would apologize for it, confess it. Hey, this is what happened would ask for forgiveness, would seek forgiveness, and make it right, make restitution, walk the path of restoration. And clearly, Jesus giving us this prayer, God, forgive me as I forgive those who've done wrong against me. 
God, Jesus wanted us to just confess, hey, hey, God, here's the truth. You know everything, but here's the truth. Here's the reality. It helps us to confess it. It helps us to get it out. God, please forgive me for where my thoughts haven't been right, where my emotions have been jacked up. Forgive me for where my motives are twisted and where there's selfishness. God, forgive me for where I did the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. God, forgive me for that as I forgive the people who have wronged me. These things being linked by drawing on the power of God. That's the only way this kind of forgiveness is possible. And what we see in many examples in scripture and what has definitely been true in my life is that when you walk it out, the average person will recognize, whoa, that's different. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't experience that. I'm still carrying around unresolved anger, unexpressed anger, unresolved hurt. And it's affecting my life. Look at what happens through the power of Jesus. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And it is possible. I know that this is maybe one of the most difficult aspects of the Lord's Prayer for you. I want to remind you that it's only possible to pray this when we've prayed the rest of the prayer. When we've started with recognizing God is in heaven, transcendent above, powerful above everything that we see, everything in our world and ourselves. I'm praising God. I'm submitting myself to God saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm asking God for my provision. It's only in a context of a relationship where I'm not all I need. God has all I need. God's love is more than enough. And I confess where I've been wrong. I'm receiving forgiveness from God and I'm making commitment that I'm going to forgive those that wrong me. That's the only way it's possible. I know it's not easy. I think it's really important that you're honest about what's going on. I think it's really important that we make a commitment to not gossip, but also to talk with others in our life about how we need to grow in the area of forgiveness and our prayer life. We can encourage each other to grow in this way, and it can bring about a change where you can experience peace and joy in a way that you haven't before. You can enjoy life even in the imperfect world and challenging circumstances that we might go through, you can experience that in a way that you've never experienced it before if you go deep on this principle. So I hope it helps you. Allow me to pray for you today. God, thank you so very much. You sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins, that we can be forgiven, that we can turn to you, confess where we've been wrong, Make a change, Lord, because you give us the ability to. We can receive your forgiveness. Help us to pray this every day, to walk through this every day. Confess where we've been wrong. Receive your forgiveness. And in the same way, turn around and forgive the people that have harmed us. Help us to walk this journey. God, it's not easy. We can't do it on our own strength. Help us to understand it. Help us to walk it out and to help each other through it. I thank you, God, that there's this is possible through you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today in this. Remember, the notes for it are also available, cityharborchurch.com slash messages. This might be something that you want to share with somebody else. Thank you. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.